Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Connor Burks, and we are back for another episode of No Bets Barred. This time we are talking about UFC Fight Night, Home versus Vieira, UFC Vegas 55. Whatever you prefer to call it, it's going down on Saturday. Luckily, thank the gods, we're back to the 4 p.m. Eastern start time this week. Best news that I got all week. I am joined alongside by my co-host, Jed Mashu. Jed, how we feeling, man? I'm, uh, I got a bone to pick with you today because um, we're going to get into it in just a second obviously we've got to recap our previous week and i blame my my failings last week entirely on you this is all <laughs> your fault and i just want to be as crystal clear as i can i accept no responsibility listeners you you were all here last week you heard it the man talked me out of a great idea that would have cashed easily easy cash and denied us you know plus two units, and I blame it all on you. Here's my argument against that, is that you didn't present it as, should I bet on Ryan Spann? And I was like, no, 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 don't bet on Ryan Spann. You said, please present to me an argument and talk me out of betting on Ryan Spann. Again, I I stand by what I said. This is your fault. I... You you try you made me be reasonable. I asked you to make me be reasonable, but that's not the point. The the show, the name of the show is No Bets Barred. Because we just take all bets, all bets, all action, baby. All gas, no breaks. That's what we're supposed to be about. And then you do this to me. And Ryan Spann easily submits uh Moldovian Joel Edgerton and and now I, I don't get the plus one ninety five profit. And I gotta say it hurts. That hurts me personally. Yeah, I, I actually uh, I had a nice laugh uh, when Ryan Spann uh, got the <laughs> got the submission done on Saturday night. I also have some regrets. I did not bet on Andre Petrowski. I did not fade my arch nemesis of Nick Maximov, and that would have been an easy, easy cash, just like Ryan Spann. Imagine if we had been really cool. Imagine if we had just like. There's a universe out there where there was an episode of No Bets Bar where we were just the coolest guys on the planet. Yeah. And you were like, I'm going to take Ryan Spann round one submission. And I said, I'm going to take Andre Petrosky round one submission. And then instead of the Kia parlay, we were doing the submission round one parlay and it paid out like plus 15,000. Oh, just, just an infinite number of dollars. And you know the worst part for you? 
the next time Maximov fights, you can't fade him because he's going to win. He is going to win next time. You had an opportunity. You talked all about it, and you didn't. You did not take advantage of it. Yeah, Maximov is he's going to be the crutch. He's going to be my just worst betting enemy uh, as long as he remains in the UFC. And I could see that happening for uh, for quite a while. Uh, but yeah, there is a universe out there where we did do that. I, I just saw Doctor Strange. I know how multiverses work now. Uh, so yes, there's there is a, a universe where we were really cool and we did that parlay last week. I so know how multiverses work? Yeah, and I know how they work now. So uh, You're yeah. an expert. Uh, yeah, slight, multiverses. slight profit for me last week. I don't know your 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 final tally. How do we how do we end up? I finished up down just under a unit. Uh, <laughs> I went. I, I did not have a, a successful week uh, from a from a total number standpoint. Uh, a lot of those flyers I took. You know the prop flyers. Uh, Alain Patrick by submission. Smoker by submission. Obviously in cash, but we're not putting big units on that, so it's okay. Uh, as you recall, I had Maximov in a parlay, uh, which busted the parlay with the Chukagian Hibas goes to decision. But the benefit of it being because that was the first try of the night, I just immediately went and bet on Chukagian yes. Hibas goes to decision, love it. I love uh, it. which which scraped me back to losing just a, a about half half a unit ish between half a unit and a unit. So um, not a great result, especially because I mean one. Had I bet on Ryan Spann because I had a teammate, a partner, a friend go. who yep. wanted to support me, we'd be doing great. And I I felt okay about where Alexander Rakic was. Uh, and then obviously that, that main event. Unfortunate. Ended. Incredibly unfortunate. Unfortunate injury. Uh, he's coming off a, a really strong second round. I thought that that would have been replicable for him moving forward. I was feeling great about my bet after that second round. And then all of a sudden his knee exploded. So, you know, sometimes that happens. But... We we stemmed the bleeding. It wasn't too bad a week for me. Yeah, and you, you can't really complain about that on on these types of cards. If you walk away with a profit, it's uh, it's definitely a big W in the win column. Finish up a couple units on UFCs, which is what we talk about here. I keep going back to the window for Bellator, and it just keeps biting me in the ass. I, I don't know why I continue to do it, but uh, I'm sure for Bellator 282, uh, Gegard Mousasi's fighting. I'm sure I'll head back to the window for that one as well. Uh, and I'm sure I'll probably use, lose units on uh, on that Bellator as well. I mean, you know, Bellator is uh, Bellator's tough because a lot of big favorites, a lot of tasty favorites, and every once in a while, you know, MMA is MMA. Crazy things happen. Sometimes Alex Polizzi doesn't beat Yoel Romero. I mean, nine times out of ten, obviously he would have won that fight. Nine times out of ten, just easily. happened to be he didn't. Yep. Yeah, easily. Yeah, Bellator is tough. So that was last week. Enough about the past. We're on to the future, the next event. The past is for cowards. Exactly. The yeah, past, past is, is for the cowards. past is the past is the past. What the future is is UFC Vegas 55 home Viera. I mean, this is this is the pinnacle. This is as good as it gets. It's the last card before uh, before a quick break before we get into the summer. Uh, so let's dive into it. Let's start with the main event. It is a women's bantamweight bout. It'll be five rounds if it goes that long. Holy home. Going up against Ketlin Vieira right now, home on DraftKings, sitting at minus 250. Vieira sitting at plus 200. Uh, you taking a side in this one? I am. Are you taking I'm a side? I am taking a side in this one, and uh, I hope we're on the oh. same side because I'm really going to look like an idiot if you're on the opposite and you win because I'm going to be backing Holly Holm uh, money line. Oh, so one, this is important because we didn't recap this from last week. Yes. Except I lost. I did win the Civil War. You did War. do that, yes. Vivian, 
Viviana Rujo did, in fact, successfully defeat Andre Lee, and with all the other stuff that happened, I feel like we all wanted her to. Yeah, pretty, pretty by, emphatically. By halfway through that uh, fight, I had I had the over yeah. one and a half in a parlay, and uh, it it got a little dicey on on whether or not that one was going to go the distance. I uh, I also stole that parlay uh, piece from you for. We don't call it stealing around here. You're just I've, using it, man. We're just winning together. That's all we're doing. I did. You you just we are, and you sold me. I was like, that's a great parlay piece. If I'm gonna throw a little bit down, sure, I'll add that in. Uh, but yeah, so we are we're about to have civil war two point because I'm I'm taking the underdog here. I uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Holly Holm before I kind of expand sure. on mine because mine's pretty short of. I just think that this line is off. I, I will not be in any way surprised if Holly Holm wins this fight. Um, but there are a lot of red flags for me here. And so, you know, uh, I don't know what line you had. You were looking at. I, I have Viera plus 200 right. right now. Um, so, you know, 35, whatever, 33, Somewhere whatever that win percentage is. Um, and, you know, just a couple of stats to throw at you. She's 2-0 and as an underdog, which always love that, cashing those dog tickets. But the, the big ones for me are, it makes sense that Holly Holm's a favorite. It makes sense that she wins this fight. But Holly Holm is 40, and she hasn't fought in close to two years, over 18 months at this point. Um, you know, Vieira's 10 years younger. I think that uh, performance coming off against Misha Tate, she is starting to really hit her stride. And so the most obvious outcome is that Holly Holm sort of uses a range movement, sets a good enough distance. If they get into clinches, she just physically overpowers Vieira and kind of wins a, a very Holly Holm decision. But I just, I don't know. Holly's getting old, much younger fighter, the the big long layoff, and a layoff with some problems in it too. You know, uh, a knee injury and then a hydrophrenosis. She talked with Ariel about that. I still don't think I understand what that means. But it doesn't sound good. It definitely like, doesn't sound good. It sounds like it could be really serious. Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much everything that you're saying are the concerns that I have for Holly Holm losing the fight. She's obviously 10 years Vieira's senior. She is coming off that year and seven month long layoff. But the reason that I'm backing her, I mean, the last time she was out against Irene Aldana was probably the best we've seen her in a minute. She lands a career high, 154 significant strikes, gets five takedowns in that one. I mean, she made easy work uh, in that fight now. You know, that was when she was, what, 38 and, at the time? And we've also seen Ketlin Vieira fight Irene Aldana, it, and it, it did not go that yeah, same way it, for it, her. It didn't. I, you know, I don't love doing MMA math. I mean, actually, that's a lie. Oh, you got to. I, I love to doing MMA math, and I love when it works out, but I don't love relying on it. Uh, but, like, Holly Holm, it's like what you just said. I mean, she's going to have the boxing advantage in this situation. I mean, she showed an improved ground game against Aldana. Obviously, she's great in the clinch. Uh, plus, just, like, the biggest thing is the experience and the level of competition that Holm has. I mean, if you look at her, her five losses over her career, four of them have come in title fights, and the other one is to Valentina Shevchenko. So, like, she is only losing to the pinnacle of this sport. But I will go back to, yeah, 40 to 30. Um, I just think that Holm is the better fighter in this situation. And if she comes out healthy and not just like a completely broken down 40-year-old, I think she's going to be able to get it done over Vieira. I know you mentioned you you think Vieira is hitting her stride. Misha Tate, who I think is a different Misha Tate that Holly Holm fought, fought a few years ago, uh, it was a very close fight. Like it was a it was a forty eight forty seven across the board. It was it was a close uh, a close decision in that one. 
I mean, it is. Obviously, these are very different style matchups. And again, like I said, I will not be in any way surprised. I think Holmes should be the favorite. For me, this fight feels a lot closer to 60-40, you know, inching towards 50-50 than the 70-30 that it basically is right now from an odds perspective. And uh, I also, sometimes I get dumb brain, you know. Sometimes I get, and, and right now I have a dumb brain where I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the future. And in the future, I see a world where we look back at Ketlin Veers at kind of the her career arc, her wiki, wiki page, and say, oh, yeah, this is where this is where she started beating the old people in the division. She beat Misha Tate, then she beat Holly Holm. This is where she starts putting together a run on the backs of some people who are past their prime. This thing happens all the time in MMA, and I think that there's really a possibility. Also, just for one piece of technical, one thing that I do really like about her chances here, or at least a, what I think will make this a competitive outing, um, is Holly Holm great boxer going to be inducted into the international boxing hall of fame this year but in mma she really does a lot of like awkward carlos condit-esque blitzes towards people uh and historically people have just kind of run away from those or moved out of it and haven't really caught her for it Vieira, a lot of flaws but she will sit down on counters when someone charges in on her and so I think that is, frankly, a really good opportunity for her to score points. Uh, and then, you know, it's it will be, she will need takedowns. She will need to force grappling exchanges. But I just, like I said, I just think this fight's closer to 60-40 or 50-50 than the odds have it. So uh, won't be surprised if it's a losing bet, but I'm going to take the value. Yeah, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that you think she has a better chance than the odds are playing. So you're going to play the value. And if it works out, it's going to be a fantastic situation for you. And you're looking into the, f- the future the future the twitter i can see it now wow they really made a 40 year old holly home a minus 200 favorite minus 250 favorite C- coming off a knee injury and something else that sounds yeah hide your, hide your quite a sosis over there uh i also do uh, a parlay piece similar to uh what we did last week with andrea andrea lee uh, I like the over two. And I a hope half. this is the same. I, over two oh, and yes, a half because I have that as well. Let's, yeah, oh, let's go. Uh, yeah, over two and a yeah, half. I mean, these baby. women, they're they're not not strangers to the going to the scorecards, and then in twenty combined UFC fights, uh, they have a combined three finishes uh, in their wins. So I just don't really see one of them getting an early stoppage here. I, I actually probably think this one goes to a decision, but since we're parlaying it up, I'll, I'll make it a little safer. What'd you get? Uh, what'd you get that line? Minus four hundred. Yeah, it's about about where I'm at. So, yep, I uh, I feel exactly the same way on you uh, as you just articulated. I think this probably does go to a decision, but uh, minus two, my, like over minus one and a half was juiced to like minus seven hundred or something yeah, like, like that. Crazy. Number. Um, but two and a half is that just felt like the sweet spot. So I'm uh, I also have that tucked into a parlay. All right, sweet. So head-to-head bet number two happens in the main event this weekend. Actually, we might have more head-to-heads. We're going to have to find out as we move along here. We're in agreement on the over two and a half is a good parlay piece. Uh, let's go to the co-main, a welterweight bout. Santiago Ponzinibbio going up against Michelle Pajera. Uh, so I actually don't have a bet on this one. I Surprisingly, after watching the tape, I leaned to the dog. I leaned to Santiago a little bit. This could be one of the best fights on the card. I mean, they're exciting on both sides. It's two pretty high-volume strikers. You know, they both low-key got finishing ability. Um, but, yeah, just think Ponzinibbio. I mean, he's he's fought some really tough comp- competition. He gave Jeff Neal a very h- tough time last time out. 
Uh, and I think there's going to be a close competitive fight. And when it goes to the scorecards, which I think it probably will, um, I would like to be holding a dog ticket in, in what should be a pretty close fight. So uh, I don't have a side. I do have a small prop bet, just uh, just a value bet here. I I came into this when I looked at this on paper. So I'm going to peel the curtain back. My Damn sort of it. betting process is uh, the first thing I ever do is I just look before I look at the odds, I just look at every fight on the card, and I maybe I pull up kind of past opponents, past records, sort of just skim through, and I set my line for it. Like, all right, this is first glance without look diving into tape or anything. What, where do I feel like this should be? And this card was really difficult because I got very close to hitting all of the lines. <laughs> like, wow. there was... There were very few like major discrepancies. We're talking, you know, within 20, 30 points uh, on on either side. Uh, but when this was one where I had discrepancies, where I was like, I thought Ponzinibbio should be like a minus one forty. He's uh, sitting at a slight underdog value right now. Um, I was like, I, I don't know, just kind of off the top of my head, that's where I felt. And then I watched the tape and was like, No, I was wrong. I think that this line is pretty close to spot on. Uh, it does feel a little dogger passy to me because I think that's pretty close to a 50-50 fight. Um, and, you know, but, but Ponzinibbio is not even a big enough dog to really make that, that, that line worth it at plus 100. That's just paying you even odds, basically. So I, uh, and I just have a lot of questions because you talked about this being a really exciting fight. It still could be. Michelle Pahea used to be the most fun dude in the world, yeah. and then he turned into a much more reserved fighter that's better for him long term and i actually think that will serve him better here but uh i like i it's possible that that does backfire that ponzinibbio is just able to kind of more consistently outwork him my biggest concerns here are that michelle Pahea for his struggles uh with wrestling occasionally it's not like ponzinibbio has been a huge grappler um michelle Pahea also struggles with cardio but ponzinibbio is that's not been like a strength of his it hasn't been a huge weakness but he's not a dude who's putting a pace on and winning down the line uh and we have seen ponzinibbio kind of just get out athleted you know Ely, uh the leech kind of just blew his doors off and i know that that was ponzi's first fight in like two years whatever but that is still very concerning about having action on either side of the ticket so um you know as an underdog ponzinibbio would is 60% win rate. So that's that's also speaking to me. I, I would I think I'm with you. If I was going to have a side, I'd want I'd want Dogger Pass here. But for me instead, I decided to take a small prop on fight ends by KO or TKO. So I got it at plus 165. It's 27% win probability and I think there's a real opportunity that this fight is just two dudes chucking hammers. Um that Pahea goes back to a little bit of the wild man and I mean, he he is a very, very violent dude, and so is Ponzinibbio. And so I kind of think there's just a big opportunity for this fight to be stopped. You know, they've got 25 combined KOs between them, and so not a big play, but uh, I, I just sort of wanted to have action here, and I do think it's more likely uh, that this fight doesn't see the final scorecards, and if that's the case... I really doubt either dude's tapping the other. Yeah, I was I was just about to say like I I like that because if you were gonna play a fight doesn't go the distance, you might as well play this KO one because I I highly doubt that it's gonna be ending in submission. For me, this is one I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy, mentally prepare for uh, our head to head in the main event uh, during this one and just uh, enjoy this fight uh, as it goes along. So I won't have any play uh, for the co-man.
Fair enough. You know, some sometimes you just don't like to have as much fun as I do. <laughs> That's a good okay. way to peer pressure me into it. I like that. All right, let's keep it rolling. A middleweight bout still on the main card here. Chidi Injokanu going up against Dusko Todorovic. I mean, who is it? Brennan Fitzgerald, John Anik. Uh, that's this one's going to be a tough name fight. Uh, I know they're I know they're pros, but uh, these two back to back are kind of tough to to work through. Uh, not not the easiest last no, names. Easy. Nah, Injokanu's easy, man. Mainly because there's been an, another Chidi's brother. I'm pretty sure has uh, a relatively known fighter um i have a side here do you i do have a side i cannot imagine we aren't aligned on this i would be pretty bummed out if you weren't because it's one of my i really like i'm really looking forward to watching this fight and hopefully cashing this play Uh, i'm taking cheating yeah yeah for sure i mean um i well, I was so excited in case I was wrong, because if you were, like, really excited by Dusko Todorovic, <laughs> I, was, I was excited to hear your argumentation there. So. Yeah, I mean, this uh, this should be a pretty sick fight. Like, uh, I mean, two guys that, that can just stand in there and bang. Like, they can throw haymakers. They have knockout power. I mean, I think for me personally when i was making this bet just going back and watching the tape i mean obviously chidi looked impressive in the last time out against them maybe mark andre Barriot. i mean he knocked him out in however many seconds it did not take long i thought he looked good on the contender series too he's obviously got huge power he's going to be bigger here he's got the six inch reach advantage i think he's going to be quicker i think he's, like i just mentioned he's got the more powerful striking i think he can manage the range well dusko when he does that that pressure fighting when he when he comes in he doesn't really move his head off the center line much he comes in there he gets hit and i don't think chidi is a guy that you want to get hit by uh and i think that chidi's probably going to knock him out yeah i uh i think that everything you said is i'm i am in agreement with as you would say it is um I think that there is uh, Njokawani by KO is also a bet I have a little bit of interest in um, I on top of it because I think that that's very likely and you can get that at plus 145. Uh, and I think that that's just really plausible because Todorovic, um, he is at a massive size disadvantage here. He, he, I think you said, like you said, he doesn't really move his head out of the way that much. Fights with his hands super low and relies a lot on head movement to not get hit. That's really tough to pull off against a guy who has like a 10 inch reach advantage or something insane like Chitty has here. You know, if Todorovic can score takedowns, maybe, maybe there's a path there. He is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. But for me, this feels like these are going to be two dudes chucking mitts. And uh, I think Njokawani is a substantially better striker. So I have Njokawani as the other part parlay piece to the Holmes Vieira uh, over two and a half. So I parlayed those two together, got it to about a minus 130. I also have both of those. Uh, I, I took a page out of your book. I did I did the stack, the parlay stack, where I just added another piece and ran the bet back, <laughs> um, which we'll get to a little later down the line. But So I've got uh, Njokawani. Uh, I think you could take him straight. That's plenty of value. But I decided to pair him in a parlay. And I have a, a little quarter bet on uh, Njokuani by KO at plus 145. Yeah, I might get involved with, with that Njokuani at, uh, at plus 145. I guess my only concern to play the devil's advocate here is, is Dusko does come in with that, that pressure, turns it into a brawl. They're just throwing haymakers. Someone gets caught, and the person that gets caught 
uh, is cheating because he, he has been knocked out in the past. It's not like he has, you know, a blockhead. So that is my one concern. Um, but I feel good about our cheating bit. I, I like cheating in this situation. Yeah, same. Totally the same. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, and agreements this time. I, uh, I'm a big fan of that. That one's going to be fun to watch. I'm very much looking forward to that fight. Let's keep it rolling. Main card, strawweight bout, the people's main event. It is Pollyanna Viana going up against Tabitha Ricci. Uh, this, for me, kind of like the co-main. I see this one as just a coin flip fight. It's obviously shown in the odds. I just don't know who's going to win this fight. I don't know... Who's going to win? I don't know if it's going to go to a decision. I don't know if it's going to end inside the distance. Is it going to be uh, Viana getting a round one armbar? Is it going to be Ricci by decision? I really don't know, uh, and I am just going to stay away from this fight. That's a much smarter man than I am. That's what you are. Um, <laughs> I can't. I, uh, what do we got? I like to have action down, and <laughs> I, I spent this may be the fight uh, I spent the most time debating whether I should pull the trigger on this or not because everything in my head is telling me Ricci is a very, very solid bet, uh, even at slight favorite odds. There is one glaring concern I have, but I was able to talk myself out of it, and so I did take Ricci. I've got her at minus 120. Um, it's a 55% win prob, and I think that that's... I, I think that there's, there's a good value in that because... I really like her chances uh, to win this fight against Paulina Viana. Um, both women are primarily grapplers, um, but Viana has been submitted before uh, by lesser grapplers. She gets a lot of um, praise from the commentary booth about being a multiple-time uh, Brazilian champion at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
which is not sneezing at that, but uh, Ricci is, I think, a better grappler. She's a more accomplished grappler. She she got second place in Mundials at the brown belt level, both in gi and no gi. Like, that's, that's some really top-shelf stuff. I, I think it has shown in her fighting that she is better on the floor. I also just think she's a better striker. Um, Viana is not terrible on the feet, but um, Ricci, you know, has a... Uh, also a Muay Thai background, trained a lot in, uh, in Muay Thai, and I think she is much faster. I think she has a lot more pop in her strikes. Um, and so kind of for all those reasons, my assumption here is that Tabitha Ricci can win in either phase. You know what I mean? Hannah Cyphers sort of dinged up Pollyanna Viana on the feet. I think Ricci, similar build um, and much more athletic than Cyphers. So I feel like there's an opportunity for that. And again, for the success on the ground. My major concern here is there's a clear size disparity. Um, you know, Viana is not small for the division, and Ricci is functionally an atom weight who the UFC doesn't doesn't cater to that. So, uh, But overall, I think the edge in athleticism, the edge in talent, I'm, I'm just going to ride it. I'm going to assume that Viana isn't able to parlay being bigger and not as good everywhere uh, to a victory. So... Probably a dumb bet. I probably should simply have just not. But uh, or it's going to be really that's... cool when you cash. I mean, I considered Ricci. I looked at that line for a while, sort of like you. But the thing that talked me off was the size disparity and just the unknowns with it. Uh, so I don't really, I don't really blame you. I mean, it's always cool when you get the coin flip matchup and uh, you actually win win the bet. So uh, I will, I will be cheering for you. I'm a, I'm a great it teammate. Is. I'll be rooting from afar. I love that. And I, what I wanted, because this was one where I had uh, my pre-fight evaluation or my pre-dive evaluation was that Ricci would be like a minus 140, minus 150 favorite. Obviously not quite that big, so that got me up. And then when I realized that maybe this is a little tougher, maybe this isn't where I want, I re- this is a fight I really wanted to get a prop bet in on to find. But I just can't feel confident that Ricci's going to win by decision because Viana has been tapped by worse fighters i mean and that's like ricci is a is a better grappler i think full stop and veronica macedo armbar viana like while the commentary team was saying well this is ridiculous she's never going to pull that off <laughs> and it just happened so i uh, i got too scared to play a ricci by decision prop which i think is is the other bet i was considering so i just decided i'd take the juice give me ricci straight up and you know we'll we'll hope for a good day yeah, I, I missed, like, because I, I looked into the props as well. I missed a line. It, the over two and a half opened at minus 325, which uh, was, that was pretty egregious. It's plummeted back uh, to minus 160. Had I had I seen the, uh, yeah, the under two and a half at plus 250, I would have had to hit that and hope for a, a submission on either yeah. side. I mean, very um, possible. Yeah, I just, I just don't know what, I just, I can't feel confident about, about it going to a decision or going the distance. Uh, in this one so we're all cheering for the Ricci bet from afar uh we're going to support jed we're going to be a good teammate uh and we're going to keep it moving here the final fight or i guess the first fight of the main card the final one that we're going to go over it's a middleweight bout eric anders going up against jun young park right now jun young park minus 205 eric anders plus 160 i just have to get out in front of this one i'm sorry this is another one that i don't have a bet on i'm not forcing anything here i do have a few bets on the prelims don't worry two neither of us 
as Georgia Bulldogs here, as graduates of the University of Georgia can bet on Eric Anders with a good conscience, former Alabama football player, I just can't do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I do not have action on this fight, and a part of me is does not have action because I refuse to bet on Eric Anders. Uh, and also, this is just this fight is the definition of a don't don't touch it to me. Like, I any outcome any outcome is possible. Yes. <laughs> you know, like yes, Anders is a better athlete, but Park is a more successful fighter probably. I mean, Park can take him down and sort of sit on him. Park also gets wild and gets into brawls. I mean, um, the Gregor Rodriguez fight. I, I mean, like, like I know Gregor he, Rodriguez fight. Like I know he lost, but he had Rodriguez hurt. Like it looked like Rodriguez was about to go. I had a bet on on uh, RoboCop, Gregory Rodriguez, and then he comes back and gets the knockout. Like yes, his he does have a very brawling style. Yeah, so Super can cannot fight smart, and Eric Anders hits really hard and kind of succeeds in brawls. So, I mean, Anders is going to have a huge size advantage, um, and I think we saw that physical, uh, that physicality of Rodriguez gave uh, uh, PJY some problems. So, there's just a whole host of things that I don't feel confident about. Not the least of which is Park has never lost as a favorite, and Anders has never cashed as an underdog. Wow, that's a nice little stat. There is. Yeah, that is because it's felt a little bit like a dog or pass. And then I was like, I can't put my money on Eric Anders. And I don't feel bad. This is not a Ryan Spann one where I'm trying to talk myself out of betting on Ryan Spann. This is I just yeah, I don't just, I don't have any interest in betting on Eric Anders. I, I'm with you. I think I think anything can happen in this situation. I guess, you know, if I was going to have to do it, I would lean uh, Parks way. But I just I don't know. It's, it's a great nickname matchup. Your boy versus uh, the Iron Turtle. But uh, other than that, I'm just going to sit back and watch it. Yeah, this is a, a full pass for me. All right, let's go on to the prelim. So this one, to start it off, is interesting. Joseph Holmes going up against Alan uh, Amadovsky. So I just want to say this. I tweeted this out earlier today. I took Holmes inside the distance at plus 250. It's currently sitting at that at Caesars Sportsbook. It's still there. I want to say that they made a mistake in creating that line because Amadovsky is plus 110 inside the distance. That's what Joseph Holmes is at every other book. I don't know how good this information is if you don't have access to Caesar's Sportsbook, obviously. Uh, like I'm not overly confident in that, but it's a minus 200 favorite who has won every single one of his fights by finish going at plus 250 uh, inside the distance. So that is one bet that I have uh, on this fight. I do have another one, but I just had to... Had to get that out of the way. I can't even say for certain wow. that Caesars is going to honor it. Uh, they could be like, oh, wow, we messed that up. But it's been sitting there for two days now, and it is, at time of recording, still just sitting there. Wow. I'm most impressed by the fact that you have multiple bets down on this fight. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to let you play ISO ball here. I'm going to clear out because, to me, this is another just don't be involved <laughs> Yeah, um, sure. I mean, Joseph know. Holmes is—he's uh, not a great fighter, but uh, that's the exactly. Alan Amadovsky. I think I would go as far to say he is a bad fighter. I mean, he's first of all he's coming back off of a two-year, nine-month layoff in this one uh, after getting knocked out by John Phillips in 14 seconds, uh, and then his other fight in the UFC, other than the 14-second knockout, he got outstruck by uh, Christoph Jocko, 43 to six. Uh, and Jocko went four for four on takedowns and racked up uh, 10 minutes of control time. Another 
another not great performance, 30-26s and 25s across the board. So in two fights, uh, he lands 0.5 strikes a minute and he absorbs 3.14 and he has a 0% takedown defense. Just about as bad as you can do in two fights. I'm honestly surprised that, that he's coming back. Now, I mentioned it, Holmes has not looked fantastic, but he at least competed last time out against Jamie Pickett. Um, he's also going to have a massive, massive size advantage in this one. Six inches of height, six inches of reach. I mean, unless Amadovsky has made like significant improvements during this long layoff, like I think Holmes is going to be able to go out there and get this done, whether it's by knockout, whether it's by submission. Amadovsky really has no ground game. Uh, we've seen Holmes get, I think, five of his wins by submission. He also does have knockout power. He's going to have, you know, that huge reach advantage. So, I mean... To me, the plus 250 is definitely worth it. My other bet in this one is fight does not go the distance. I use that as a parlay piece at minus 240 because regardless of who wins it, 15 pro wins between the two. Every single one of them is by finish. If they're going to win, these guys typically win by finish. Amadovsky has an erratic style where he brings in a ton of pressure, just swings for the fences. That also, if he doesn't win, causes him to make mistakes. So I like that the, the fight doesn't go the distance because there is a chance he did make improvements in this uh, almost three-year layoff because I was looking at his IG, he's hanging out with Hamzad at uh, Swedish All-Stars, hanging out with uh, Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis at Extreme Couture. So who knows? Maybe he did make improvements. I'm eating crow come Saturday night, but I think the most likely outcome is that Joseph Holmes goes in there and finishes Amadovsky. What was that fight doesn't go to a decision line? I grabbed it at minus 240. Yeah, that's still too much juice for me to, to feel it. Though I think that is, uh, that's that's a bet I'd feel more confident on than laying my money on either side of this. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have Joseph Holmes' mustache. Just, can't talk you into betting on him. No, I mean his his nickname uh, is a lot closer to making me interested into it. Ugly man is yeah, just a hilarious man. nickname. Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, this was one. This was not the Pollyanna Viana tab of the Ricci. This was a very easy. Oh, just don't be involved here. Here, here. You uh, see now. Now here's the situation. You're a smarter man than I. Yeah, this one feels. Um, I look. You may well cash. This just. I did not. When you put it on the dock, I was like, I am interested to see what he has to say because I have no idea what I would bet in this fight. Uh, yeah, we're gonna see what happens. Hopefully it's really cool and we just hit both of them. Joseph Holmes just go, goes out there, wins inside the distance, and we just hit both of these bets. That would be uh I mean, yeah. That would I'm, be pretty I'm sweet. I'm rooting for you. Especially I have no vested interest, so I'm obviously hoping that that every all success comes your way. You as well. You as well. Let's keep it rolling. It is a heavyweight bout up next. Jelton Almeida, Jelton Jr. He goes by many names. Going up against Parker Porter, the pride of New Britain, Connecticut. This is an interesting matchup. Uh, Jelton Almeida is a man chiseled like a statue, and Parker Porter... A well young man right there. <laughs> Parker Porter uh, is not, uh, if, we're, if we're going to be kind to him here. Um, I mean, he's usually coming in around the heavyweight max. Uh, Jelton Almeida moving up to heavyweight from light heavyweight in this situation. Let's be clear. We're not here to disparage anyone, but when he's coming in at the heavyweight max... It's not because he is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you know? That's what we're saying. Just look up a picture of Parker Porker. Parker Porter. He's a big boy out there. I mean <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah, baby. Freudian slip there. It's uh it's just what you get it. I mean, Jelton, he's gonna be at 
a weight disadvantage. He's probably going to come in at like 225, not making any cuts. So he's going to be at like, you know, 40 to 50 pounds of weight disadvantage. But for me, watching tape, I feel like he is going to be coming in at a pretty sizable skill advantage in this situation. I mean, especially when it comes to the ground game. The guy claims he's going to be the Brazilian Khabib. The, uh, the judges are still out on that one. But I mean, just in his last fight, just watching the tape on that, Danilo Marquez, who was, who was a big man, um, he just made him look, look dumb. Marquez lands zero significant strikes. He immediately takes him down, gets him out of there in the first round. I mean, he finishes pretty much everyone in the first round. Ten straight wins, eight in the first round, the other two in the second. Uh, and Porter, like, I know he's big and I know he's going to have the weight, but it's like, I don't know how to describe him. Like he's like he's like a middleweight frame in a max heavyweight build out. It's uh it's a lot, yeah. I mean, so on the flip side, Parker Porter, yeah, he's on a three fight win streak, but the three fights are uh Josh Parisian, Shea Sherman, uh, and Alan Bedell. Uh so I I don't know if they're gonna be calling the Hall of Fame Great wins. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna be calling the Hall of Fame over over those three straight wins. Porter, he's also been finished in uh, all five of his losses. He's got one DQ, but in the five real losses, KO'd three times, subbed twice. I'm digging Jelton Almeida inside the distance, grabbed it at minus 190. Like I said, I'm, I'm the chalk man this week, and I'm, I'm going to use fight does not go the distance as a parlay piece. I parlayed that up with home. Vieira over two and a half. My concern is Porter's insane volume for heavyweight. I mean, he just keeps breaking the record for his volume. Uh, Jailton gasses out, and uh, Porter just out outpoints him the last two rounds. But I'm going to trust that that's not going to happen. Jailton's going to immediately go for a takedown, use that aggressiveness, use that that pressure, uh, and get Porter out of there pretty early. Look, I uh, this is a situation where you are probably right, but God could not compel me to put money on this fight. <laughs> There's just... No, if I was going to, I briefly, very, very briefly flirted with a Porter that's, wins by decision line. That's a beautiful line, line right like there. Plus that's 1400. a beautiful line. It's like plus 1,400 um, because I, look, all, all credit to Almeida. I think he's uh, got a lot of potential. I do not like this move to heavyweight for kind of no real reason. Um, yes, he is a well-built young man, but... He's still going to be much smaller than Parker Porter, and Parker Porter is not a world beater, but he has proven to be a very tough out. This dude, despite what he his appearance, has very solid cardio, pushes a tremendous pace for heavyweight, and with just, you know, knows how to wrestle. Um, and so if Almeida is going to just come in and, one, the, the big thing that makes me almost want to make a bet on Porter here is what we have seen from Almeida's wrestling is all the bad parts of Habib, like not the good Habib. He wants to be Brazilian Habib. He's shooting from mile outside and getting away with it thus far. And maybe he can still do that against Parker Porter. I mean, he is a better athlete, but Parker Porter is going to have 40 pounds on him. And if he can just get his hips back even a little bit, way more difficult to get that takedown. And I see a very real world where this is a scenario you said. Almeida just gassed himself out going for takedowns. Even if he gets taken down, can't find a way to mount or get off significant enough offense to stop it. And then in round two, Parker Porter is just still there, still throwing 10 strikes a minute and just piling up the volume. So 
I am not betting this. Uh, I may decide just for funsies to do a porter by decision because it's it's such an outrageous line at like plus fifteen hundred. Um, and you know Parker Porter is not a huge finisher, but uh, for me this is a full stay away. So I, I hope it works out for you because I think I, I mean think you look you would look really cool cashing that Parker Porter by decision ticket. I mean fourteen hundred and like he'd do it. <laughs> Love he do it in a way where he just simply outpoints him the entire way home. I mean, there's money coming in on Porter. There's money coming in on Porter. I mean, Jailton obviously he opened up at opened at a open soft at? open at minus three hundred immediately within two seconds. Jeez. Yeah, I would hit <laughs> that hard. I would but hit within that two line. seconds, it, it was at minus six hundred. Got all the way down to minus uh, minus eight hundred, and now he's he's back to six hundred. So a couple people taking the flyer on Parker means the bookies are doing their job. Yeah, if he was up to plus eight hundred, I would. I would yeah, you're probably right. You just might as well. Like, I've, if he, if if Porter really got that juiced, because again, Almeida should win this, but that is just an insane line at, at, for with all the unknowns. It's true. Almeida it is true, Porter. man. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't love my betting card this week. This is a tough week to find a betting card. This is a tough one. Love. This was another tough card. I was I was talking about you beforehand when I was looking. I was like, I'm gonna have like three bets, and then I probably took a couple of risks that I shouldn't have, because this is all about the almighty content. You know, we can't just get on here and say, well, we both have two bets. Tough week. Yeah, content costs. Uh, man. So I, you know, I maybe took some shots. It does. I took some shots that maybe I shouldn't have, but I was able to not take some shots that seemed. Yeah. Very, very tough for me. Uh, but hopefully it'll work out for you. Hopefully everything works out for us. Hopefully we just we just clean the board and then Home Vieira ends in a draw and we just draw. Everybody wins. Everybody we get a wins. draw at the top. Um, but we may still have uh have some civil war action coming at us. We've still got a few fights to talk about. Oh man, you might be hinting at something and I'd love to get into it, but let's keep it rolling on the prelims, lightweight bout. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uros Madish going up against Omar Morales. I do not have a side in this one. I thought about dog. I thought about dog for a second. You put it on the uh, on the thing. You don't have no, a side. I have a bet. You don't have any action. I have a bet. Oh, you do yeah, have yeah, action. So okay. I have a, I, I have a side. I'm playing the total. Okay, I love that you have a side. Uh, so yeah, I'm just taking the under two and a half. I grabbed it on Sunday at minus one twenty five. Uh, I saw someone say somewhere it might have been like a Reddit thread that uh, Eros Medish is the lightweight Jordan Wright. He is just the ultimate killer. Be killed. He just runs in there in the first round. Uh, eight professional fights. The longest any of them has ever gone is five minutes and fifty one seconds. Seven first round finishes for the guy. I hit the under at UFC 276 when he fought Jalen Turner. Dude's got absolutely no ground game. Uh, got finished in the first round, and uh, I think I'm just going to keep playing the Madish unders uh, till he till he goes the distance. As long as he hangs around in the UFC, 
Uh, Omar Morales. We've been talking about good nicknames. Maybe the maybe one of the worst nicknames. Just the Venezuelan fighter. Uh, oh, I think that's a hysterically funny nickname. If he's doing it to be funny. Oh, I'm sure he's doing it ironically. Okay. There's no way you right, do I'm that. I'm going to trust you then that it's hilarious. I thought maybe. There's, I, a, there's a world where he's just like the Venezuelan fighter. Regardless, regardless, he's not the, so he's not the biggest finisher, but he does have a couple KOs. He's got five wins by submission, which is how he could get Medish out here because Medish is not of a great ground game. Uh, actually, I hate to interrupt myself. Medish, the doctor. I get it, like medic, like the doctor. That, that's a bad it's like one. These, no, that's a bad. This nickname. might be. This is this is a, a hell of a nickname fight. Uh, I do have to say that it's going to be fantastic. I pray we got buffer on the mic. Doubt we do. Doubt we do have buffer, but it's going to be hilarious when they're when they're announcing him. But I think Medish is going to go in there. He's going to look for the finish. He's going to be wild like he always is in the first round. If he doesn't get the finish, I think he is probably going to put himself in a dangerous situation and get finished himself. Uh, so I will be rocking with uh, the under two and a half in this one. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that bet. Good. Um, I mean, I can hope it works out for you. That's but... all you can do. I mean, Morales has not proven to be a big finisher, and Medici is very f- finishable. But the other side of that too is Morales is really uh, has proven to be very durable uh, for the most part as well. So um, I know Jonathan Pierce got him out, but this is a dude who went 15 hard minutes with Giga Chikadze, and we've come to find out that Giga Chikadze is uh, an absolute killer. So. Um, I, I'm not sure about that bet from you. It's not one I would make, but uh, best of luck to you. I do have a side. And this is another one where I probably reached a little bit, but like you, I uh, talked myself into the underdog here. Um, you know, I I have some serious concerns, basically just about the disparity in physicality. Uh, Urs Medici is, is very much a, a get-or-get-got guy. He likes to come in. He likes to brawl. I think he can be trickier and a little bit more technical on the feet, but I do think Morales is probably the more stout uh, guy, the bigger hitter. I think he's proven to have a better chin, uh, as we've seen Medici get get taken out. But Medici's loss uh, in, I don't remember if it was his last fight. Yeah, last or fight out. Was it his last fight that um, yeah, Jalen Turner. Uh, Turner put him down? Yeah. So I think that there are just some pretty big differences here. Jalen Turner, obviously a, a physical freak for the division, enormous size disparity. Um, and I think Medici just sort of had trouble with that and then just ate some big shots in, in a tough way. So I think that that's very less likely here. He, They are pretty comparably sized, uh, reach, everything sort of like that. And I mostly just don't like a lot of the stuff I've seen from Morales as far as defensively goes. Um, I think he gets a, he's a bit hittable, and this is one of those where I just kind of immediately felt that this is close to a 50-50 fight, and I can get Medici at pretty decent underdog odds. Um, I'll just take that and, and roll the dice and see what happens. I like it, man. Like I said, I almost talked myself into uh, in the play of Medici. I mean, he was undefeated before that Jalen Turner fight. Not a ton of fights on his record. Uh, and that Jalen Turner fight is, is aging uh, pretty decently now. I mean, It is. Yeah, and for me, uh, I also I haven't done it, uh, and I probably won't just because I don't want to have too much action on this one fight that I don't feel great about. I think there's also a pretty clear argument to do uh, a Medici by decision because that prop number is fairly high. Got it. Like plus five hundred in some places, 
And like I said, Morales has been a really tough dude. Um, and, you know, Medici is a finisher and a guy who throws throws it all out there. But if you can go 15 minutes with Giga Chikadze, I have to expect that, uh, you know, uh, Uros Medici is not going to be the dude who suddenly gets, gets you out on the feet. And he's not going to take you down and tap you like Jonathan Pierce did. Sure. Well... We're going to see what happens. We, You've got the side. I've got the, the total in this one. So uh, we, shall, we shall see how it plays out. Let's keep it rolling. Bantamweight bout on the prelims. Jonathan Martinez going up against Vince Morales. Uh, you can get Martinez right now for minus 220. Vince Morales at plus 180. So I played this one pretty early on in the week. I, I grabbed Jonathan Martinez at minus 180. Do you have Vince Morales? Oh, oh, good sir. I, I'm not touching this. Fight. Okay. Um, I was, I, I was actually fully expecting you to say you had Vince Morales. No, I. Uh, if I was taking a side here, it would be Martinez. And um, oh, I'm sorry. I actually lied. I do have this fight. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I mentioned earlier that I doubled up the parlay uh, with the Ponzinibbio or um, the Injokawani and the. Uh, Holly Holm Vieira over two and a half. I have that as a parlay. You took the over one I also and a half have a parlay here. with those. Two, I have also have a parlay with those two, uh, plus Martinez. Oh shit! I thought you were gonna say the over one and a half because I use the over one and a half as a parlay piece. No, but I think that's a. I don't know what that number is. I bet it's fairly long. Same as same as the main probably. event uh, parlay piece minus four hundred. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's still a totally fine bet. Yeah, yeah, I really played spoiler there. Yeah, Martinez, man. Uh, I took him at minus one eighty. Like. I like I saw like all right. So I think it's gonna be probably a pretty close decision here. Um, but I do favor Martinez. I mean, I think he's got the cardio advantage. I think he can mix it up in the striking. But the most important factor for me going back and watching the tape is the kick. Like uh, I mean, yeah. it has to be. When you watch the tape, the kicking ability of Martinez and the inability to defend kicking from Vince Morales a strength and a weakness going up against each other. If you look at Morales' last two losses and, and like you go back and watch, I mean, Morales gets absolutely throttled by Chris Gutierrez with kicks, especially the leg kicks. I mean, he just leaves the lead leg out there the entire time. I mean, even after he can't stand on it, he's leaving it out there to get kicked. He ends up getting finished via leg kick because he just can't stand on it anymore. Uh, and then the loss before that, Benito Lopez, not quite as bad, uh, but I mean, Lopez still just chopped the wood the entire fight, lands 39 of 52 leg kicks in that one. I mean, halfway through the first round, Morales's calf is just bright pink. I think Martinez is, no, is gonna know that he has to go to that. I think he's gonna find success with it. I think he can hold his own in the striking affairs. I think this is probably gonna play pretty much exclusively on the feet. And I think it will go to do a decision. Hopefully, we can just get a clean, easy win for Martinez. But I won't be surprised if it's close. For my concerns, Morales does have power. We saw him knock out Luis Smolka. We have seen Martinez get KO'd. He got KO'd by Davy Grant, which parlaying that with the fact that Morales was in Davy Grant's corner last week and they trained together. And I would expect Davy Grant might be doing the same for Morales this week. Give him a few pointers uh, on the guy that he beat. That's a tad concerning for me, but I still like Martinez in this situation. Want me to make you feel better? Make me feel better. Uh, so so while he may be getting some pointers, um, you, you know who Jonathan Martinez will have in his corner <laughs> giving him pointers? 
Chris Gutierrez, Chris Gutierrez. Yes. yes. Who, who you, you correctly identified. They are they are longtime teammates of Factory X. Chris Gutierrez, you know, you said, I think that Mar- uh, Martinez is going to know to attack the legs. Well, he sure is yes. because they came in. Chris Gutierrez came in and was like, I saw Benito Lopez absolutely blow up uh, Morales in the legs. I'm very, very good at kicking legs. I'm just going to do that. Uh, Martinez is also very good at kicking legs. He now has a lot of a lot of data to suggest that he should just yes. kick, kick Vince Morales in the legs. Because again, the important thing about the leg kicks too. Because honestly, uh, my decision was made up as soon as I like looked. I was like, oh, this fight's done. I don't really care how the rest of this plays out. Because it wasn't just that like Morales took leg kicks and lost the fight. Like he was hurt, hurt by leg kicks uh, from Chris Gutierrez. Like very, very severely and quickly. It did not take many of them for him to noticeably be in trouble here. And so I will be stunned if that is not an enormous part of the Martinez game plan, especially because he already is a good kicker. I think this is sometimes you don't have to overthink it, right? Like this is this guy doesn't check leg kicks. This guy's very good at kicking legs. His teammate already kicked this dude's legs out from underneath him and won the fight. We're just A plus B equals C in this scenario. So yeah, I'm I'm fully on board. I've got Martinez as a parlay piece. Feel very good about him, um, and that's my other parlay. Uh, gets you at plus one sixty. Yeah, and the Gutierrez. If if you have not seen it, I I highly implore you to go back and watch it because it's uh, obviously this is for the listeners, not you, because it is it's a masterclass in leg kicking, and it's like the finish in round two. It's it's like slowly drawn out. Like it gets to the point where Morales, like each time he gets kicked, he like leans back against the fence and is like trying to grab it to support, and it's just like. The leg is just gone. It's just a matter of time before gone. they call the fight. And Gutierrez just keeps just chopping and sweeping. And eventually, he just literally cannot stand on it anymore. So if you want to go back and watch a masterclass in leg kicks, go back to that. I mentioned the parlay piece over one and a half. Morales, he's got power. Obviously, you know, if in a perfect world, Martinez does the same thing as Gutierrez and gets him out of there. But... I do think that this one is probably going to go to a decision, so I feel comfortable playing the over one and a half. I think that that's a, uh, I think that's a fine, fine bet. Um, I didn't even look at it, but no issues with that bet at all. Almost certainly going to hit for you. All right, last but not least, this is one that you want to get into. This is. It's the man, the dream, Chase Hooper going up against Felipe. Corrales right now you can get Colaris at minus 165 Chase Hooper coming back at plus 145 what do you got for me here I'm so disappointed that you don't have action here I thought for sure when I was looking at I have a feeling like, yeah, I know where you're going Ooh, do you I don't know um Let's I thought I was going to go different places uh this this was a journey I went on a, on a road <laughs> trip here because when I first made this fight in my head I was like all right Colaris should be a a considerable favorite in this, you know, two to one at least favorite. And then I started watching and started thinking about it a little more and was like, actually, maybe Hooper's a live dog. And then I really got into tape and was like, no, 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 play the fade Chase Hooper train, ride that pony until the wheels fall off because you're never going to feel, but you might not win every one of those bets. He has had a, a propensity to pull out some wins, you know, the, the Peter Barrett heel hook. On a fight he was very clearly losing. But that's sort of where I'm at. Um, let's talk about Chris Gutierrez. We just talked about Chris Gutierrez a lot. Felipe Calares had a, a very solid fight with Chris Gutierrez. Lost a split decision. Probably shouldn't have been split. Probably should have cleanly lost. But 
a guy who Chris Gutierrez is a very very talented fighter and Clars was not a pushover did not you know his leg didn't fall apart <laughs> like yeah. like other people's legs did you know he <laughs> he was in there every step of the way um and I feel pretty confident that Chris Gutierrez would absolutely chew up Chase Hooper should they ever fight so for me that was kind of the the starting point and then as I just broke into it Look, Chase Hooper could easily be 0-3 in his last three fights, his one win being Daniel Tamer, a fight that he also wasn't doing great in until he did manage to get the fight to the ground. But he just had such physical advantages over Tamer. He's like eight inches taller than him and just, you know, he's not physically stronger, but there was just so much length that Tamer could not really manage it. But he just hasn't looked that good in the UFC. You know, Alex Caceres kind of just walked through him um, as really made him look entirely ineffectual. Like I said, Peter Barrett was beating him before Chase was able to kind of Iminari into a heel hook scenario and finally finish it late in that fight. Steven Peterson just kind of didn't let him get his game going. So for me, I think Kalara, he's not a great takedown defender, but Chase Hooper isn't a very good wrestler either. Like he's not a good guy at taking people down. He has to go to Iminari roles a ton and do kind of tricky stuff like that. Um, and so, like, I don't think he's going to be able to get fight to the floor. And more importantly, uh, Kalaris has been – he's been taken down a lot, but it's been by good wrestlers, Geraldo de Freitas, Montel Jackson. Like, both those guys are very good wrestlers. And Montel Jackson had a really hard time holding him down. He's a much better wrestler than Chase Hooper. Um, so I think that even if Hooper can maybe get some tie-ups, get the fight to the floor, Kalaris is pretty defensively responsible. He's going to get back up. Clarez has never been stopped, and I don't think that Hooper wins a decision here unless he can really grapple for 10 minutes. I think he has to has to get him out of there. And I just don't think Chase Hooper has the game. He is not a consistent enough fighter. He does not have a well-built game where the pieces all flow together. He just kind of relies on being a tricky leg lock sort of guy. And I think that that's, that's – you can game plan fairly well against it, and I just – I like Kolaris at plus money, or uh, at, um, a, a, as a favorite, minus 165. The only concerns I have is that Chase Hooper is 22, and so you can see pretty big advances, right? You can make a lot of strides, but mostly I think that that's fine, and uh, I am happy to continue to fade Chase Hooper uh, for as long as he's in the UFC unless something dramatic changes. That's kind of where I expected you to go. I love the winding uh, journey that we took to get there, but uh, that is where I expected you to be on this one. I almost got there. I don't know why I didn't get there, honestly. I, I can't give you a good reason. Betting against Chase Hooper is a solid bet. It's also it's a good time. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, this is the first time Chase Hooper has ever been an underdog and the first time that Kolaris has ever been a favorite. Wow. That's so, another interesting statistic there. It is. Because well, I looked at it, I was like, I feel like you'd have made a lot of money beating Chase, betting against Chase Hooper, and you would have because he's been an underdog, or uh, he's been a favorite every time. But uh, Kolaris has never been the favorite, so maybe he's not built to be the favorite, but I think he is against Chase Hooper. Yeah, I mean, you're fading a 22-year-old that just hasn't seemed to have the game so far in the UFC uh, you know, to compete at the highest level. I, uh, I like that strategy that you're going with. It's going to be interesting to see come Saturday. So those are the bets. Those are the fights that we have bets on. Uh, just to recap mine, I got Jonathan Martinez minus 180, Madich Morales under two and a half minus 125, 
Jelton Almeida inside the distance, minus 190. Joseph Holmes inside the distance, plus 250. Chidi Injokanu, minus 180. Holly Holm, minus 210. And then I parlayed Almeida. Porter fight does not go the distance with Holm Vieira over 2.5. That pays at minus 156. I am the Chalk King this week, and I have no shame about it. Yeah. Was it was there any plus money on that? Just the uh, fluky Joseph Holmes inside the distance. Oh, that's right. There you go. Okay, I was going to say, man, you really are just chalk man. Chalky chalk. Uh, I chalk. think I think the next card, uh, the the first one in June, though. I think I've already played a few underdogs in that one, if I'm not mistaken. I've, I'm starting to notice that we we have different betting styles, you and I. That is for sure. I love it because I love I love underdog action. I. If, if I have a hint of an underdog that I feel I'm going to take the plus money and ride it and see what happens. So um, less of a chalk guy. And even this week when I thought I would be chalkier, not not where I ended up. My uh, recap of mine, I have Kellen Vieira straight at plus 195. Value bet that I expect probably will lose, but if it wins two units up. Uh, I have... Ponzinibbio uh, Pajaya will end by KO at plus 165 for just a little baby unit on that. Uh, I have a, another baby unit on Njokawani by KO at plus 145. I've got Tabitha Ricci at minus 120. Uh, I've got Uros Medic at plus 140. I've got Philippe Kolaris at minus 165. Uh, and then I have two parlay bets, uh, Home Vieira over 2.5 and, and Njokawani. And I have those uh, that pays out at minus 130. And then I have that same parlay plus uh, Martinez added on to it at plus 158. And because I might be a crazy person, I am strongly considering bets on Medich by decision at plus 500. Uh, and just to be a bad teammate, Parker Porter by decision at plus I'll actually be offended if you don't take the Parker Porter by decision. I'm probably going to put like a tenth of a unit on it because the number's so high and it would just be do it for the story, you know? You got to do it for the story. It's going to be even worse when Porter flatlines him in the first round. <laughs> if that happens, you know. Ends Almeida's career and starts the run to the heavyweight title for Parker Porter. That seems unlikely, but I also didn't think Ty Tuivasa would be a top. Four heavyweight I'm in the world ever. So, you know, crazy times. Crazy times. The pride of New Britain, Connecticut, my former stomping grounds. Uh, all right. I guess I have no bets with value this weekend other than uh, other than the Joseph Holmes inside the distance. <laughs> I mean, every bet can have value. Winners are values. That's how I see it in my eyes. On cards like this, I really just don't want to force anything. I'm sure seven underdogs will win, and I'll be looking like a jackass come next week or two weeks because we'll be off. Um, my biggest. No, we will be off. Are we gonna do anything? Is no. there is there a gap thing? No, because because then we then we start our twelve week run uh, to the end of the summer. Is there not like a Bellator? You don't want to get in on on a. No, there's. I really don't think there's anything. Bellator. I think the only thing we got is a, a tank is fighting in boxing. Oh, it's Memorial Day yeah. weekend next week, yeah. isn't it? That's why. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, my stay away fight would probably be Tabitha Ricci. Um, Viana, but I feel like there's a few, I've, I feel like there's a few stay away fights on this card. Yeah, uh, no, for me the stay away fight is one hundred thousand percent Eric Anders Park Jun yeah. that fight. <laughs> well, you could tell me literally any outcome for that fight, and I would believe you. Like if if I woke up Sunday and was like Eric Anders had a flying armbar on Park Jun Young, I've been like, 
out, not outside the realm of possibility. Anything could happen. Anything whatsoever. Yeah, and like I'm never one of those guys that like if you bet on a fight, I'm like, oh, if you're betting on XX fight, like get some help. My biggest thing is just like if you're betting on XX fight, there is no way you can be confidently making that play. Like if you're betting Elise Reed Sam Hughes, there's no way you're like Sam Hughes dog money, take it to the bank. This is a stone cold lock. Yeah, I uh, I almost played almost played an over just just to have action so then we could talk about every fight on the card but then i decided that's unnecessary i will say you said we differ in, in betting styles i feel like these first couple weeks i've been chalk heavy i do love a good dog just as much as you you've been very chalk heavy. i think one i think where we do differ though is uh you go under the the mindset of i love to have action a lot and i go the app the opposite where i'm like i like to have action that like i really am uh like, I'll avoid fights on purpose sometimes just to, like, not have the action. See, now, if I, I will just bet them. I'm like, yeah, let's just, we don't have to put a whole unit. We don't have to put a lot there. But you throw enough, it'll all even out in the wash. And then I've got more bets down. In the same way with poker, I play every hand in poker <laughs> because I just, I just want to be involved. And, and, you know, it works more often than not. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the greats would tell you play every single hand. That's going to give you the highest probability of winning. Not the best fight night. Good poster, though. I'll say it's a good poster. Sure. Good poster. I mean, you know. Because uh, UFC 275 does not have a good poster. All right. That's all the time we've got. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far into the podcast, we'll be off next week. There is no UFC event. I don't even think there's... No, actually, I know there's not Bellator. The next Bellator event is Gegard Mousasi, which I will be in attendance at at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut on June 24th or 25th, something like that. So we'll take a leave of absence for Man, uh, big for, for you. Memorial Day weekend. I mean, I gotta see the goat. I gotta see the goat in person. I, I I can't wait. I've never been. I have never been to a Bellator event. I think it's like the only organization. Wow. Like, well, it's happening it. at the beautiful Mohegan Sun in Utica or Uncasville, uh, in Uncasville. Connecticut. Scenic. It's not Uncasville. It's scenic Uncasville. Scenic Uncasville. Get it right. You're in the business. You got to know these things. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing there but a tall casino uh, or a tall hotel connected to a casino. Um, all right. We're out of time. We've, we've spent too long bantering here. Who's going to listen to an hour and six minutes of uh, Home vs. Fiera content? If you bunch made it this far. Bunch of great people. That too. <laughs> if you made it this far. Uh, then obviously you did. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all in two weeks. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.